Brazil is a podcast that analyzes the complexities of the largest Latin American economy and discusses its role on the global scenario. In each episode, a different specialist shares views on the great challenges of this player called Brazil. My name is Ciro Reis in Sao Paulo. I see Brazil welcomes today Priscila Cruz, CEO of Todos pela Educação an independent, non-profit, and non-partisan organization that aims to raise the quality of basic education in Brazil. Todos pela Educação is funded by private resources and does not receive any kind of public finance support. Priscila, you are founder and president of Todos pela Educação, which can be translated by All Together for Education. This is an independent organization highly recognized as an important agent in boosting the quality of education for Brazilian children and teenagers in public schools. Having said that, what are the priorities of the organization Todos pela Educação at this point? Ciro, thanks for the invitation. Thanks for being, for being here. It's a pleasure to participate in this podcast. Uh, so Todos para Educação is a think tank and a do tank. So what we do is to think about what are the uh, educational reforms that we have to put forward in Brazil uh, in order to improve the quality of education. As many know, uh, we have a very low quality in the, in, in the sense that students in Brazil are not learning enough. So the rates of learning are very, very low in Brazil. As an example, 55% of all students aged to, uh, eight uh, is not fully literate. So we have a lot of problems in terms of improving the quality of education. Uh, 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 children and teenagers, youth, they are at school or at least they were at school before the pandemic. Uh, but they were not learning. So what we put forward is uh, an agenda of educational reforms to tackle this problem. It's an, a historical problem. Of course, it's not something that we can uh, like fix in a few years, especially now after the pandemic and the brutal impact on education. Uh, but what we do is that. So, and we are also a do tank. So we put a lot of people together in a concentrated effort to fix the educational problems in Brazil. I, I'm going to like uh, mention some examples. For example, the high school uh, reform. That, that was something that we started at, at Todos pela Educação in our think tank uh, area. So first we um, modeled like what, what would be the best um, architecture for our high school in Brazil? Because we were not having a lot of uh, uh, results. So then the Ministry of Education worked on it. The state uh, secretaries of education worked on it. Then the Congress approved the, the new law. And now we are implementing this in all states in, in Brazil. The last... Uh, result of learning for high school showed an improvement of 11% already. So 
We were before, again, before the pandemic, Brazil was improving the education system. We, and todos para educação, had a, and still have, but we had a lot of uh, influence in these educational reforms. How the pandemic impacted education in Brazil? It's brutal. Many, many other countries are dealing with education in a very different manner. Many, many other countries, especially United States, Europe, Asia, are dealing, and Chile, just next door, are dealing like as schools are the last ones to close and the first ones to reopen. In Brazil, it's the opposite. Private schools, because families uh, put a lot of pressure on, on uh, governments, are reopening much earlier than the public schools. This is transforming the education in Brazil that, that was already very unequal to a much more unequal environment. So it's, it is as if we are putting another layer of inequality in Brazil education, in the Brazilian education. But what we have to uh, look is that 85% of our students are in public education in public schools. It is known that public schools in Brazil lag behind private schools that are focused in high-income layers of the population. Since the beginning of the pandemic, those private schools have offered good online learning solutions and their students have good internet connections. And all of this is not a reality for students in most of Brazilian public schools. In other words, it seems we are talking about the pandemic as a factor that enlarges the social division in Brazil. True or not? It's very concerning. And education, as many of you know, is key, is the pillar for a better society. It's not only good for and crucial for the students, but like for their lives, it's something that it's the the open that can be opened, the door that can, that can be opened or not for opportunities. But, the, but for the whole society, education is the main pillar for uh, 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 economic growth, for uh, inequality fighting, to, to distribute income, uh, is key for health, is key for citizenship, uh, is key for democracy that we need a lot. Uh, it's key for uh, security. So every time we increase the dropout rates, the homicide rates increase as well. So every time we have an increase in learning, we have an increase in uh, economic growth. So we have to like uh, put education as a main pillar of our country a project, but we have never done this in Brazil. That's the, the, the whole thing. And the pandemic is showing this very clearly. According to the World Bank's Brazil education team, more than 180,000 schools were closed and 47 million students had to adapt to a new routine of distance education in Brazil because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Unequal access to computers and digital tools had made it hard for teachers to enroll and teach low-income students, who are already the most likely to drop out of school. That is the size of the challenge Brazil has ahead. Mm -hmm.
From what you say, it seems that some problems could be solved based on political will, not just based on investments, right? Yeah, of course, because we know what has to be done. The thing is that, uh, like here in Brazil, we don't trust governments to doing this. But we can, ch we could change this. We have to demand the changes. We can, we we should demand the technical uh, procedures, not uh, to not trust governments and then therefore uh, be against the the school reopenings. So that that's a like it's a vicious circle that we have here in Brazil. But we have to uh, close it. We have to uh, stop this. Your organization, Todos pela Educação, dedicates a lot of time and energy to advocacy, aiming to establish dialogues with decision makers and regulatory bodies. What have been the concrete results of those efforts? Yeah, you know, like when we compare the civil society in Brazil with other, like especially here in Latin America, what we can like clearly see is that in Brazil, uh, in general, governments are very much open to civil society. Civil society is uh, it's much more organized than in other countries. So we have a very, very strong civil society in Brazil, especially in, in education. So we have many organizations that have a very strong and deep uh, work to help governments to improve their policies, to improve their implementation of these policies, to improve their management uh, capabilities. So we do have a very strong uh, civil society in Brazil. I think Todos pela Educação is like a, a symbol of all this because we have a lot of these organizations that participate in our uh, efforts. Uh, we uh, organize many work groups with all these people. Uh, we put together civil society governments, uh, regulatory agencies, and we can like we have a very good environment uh, for civil society work. But, and I have to do that, and I have to say this: after Bolsonaro's election, this environment is much worse. Like, like we don't we don't have the same environment that we used to have before, especially with the federal government. So what is happening in Brazil? Uh, and I can say for my organization, the, the organization that I run, is like at first in the in the beginning of this government, we try to help. We try to you know like we are open for a dialogue are open to help you if you want to help education, if you want to improve education. But what we like could uh, uh, see very, very uh, uh, rapidly was that this government has an ideological agenda. They don't want to help education, like in, in the way that they don't want to improve the learning rates, uh, dropout rates. They, they don't want this. What they want is to uh, impose uh, an ideological uh, agenda that has much more about the re-election of Bolsonaro than with education itself. What kind of outcomes can be expected 
for the educational system from the general elections in Brazil in 2022. Because politics everywhere in the world, and especially in Brazil, is very volatile. So we never, everything changes in a blink of an eye. Uh, it's very hard to forecast what's going to happen in 2022. But what, what I can say is that if Bolsonaro is re-elected, we will have another four years of like um, going back more and more in education. Of course, that governors is, is putting forward an agenda of reforms, is trying to uh, push forward uh, some uh, policies like um, uh, full-time schools or to improve teachers' training. But the federal government is very important in our system. And if we have another four years, it's going to be very hard to make like a, a bold improvement in education in Brazil. Uh, of course, I'm not saying that it's impossible to make improvements. We will work a lot with the with with government with governors and mayors, and that's what we do. What Todos para Educação does is work with governors, mayors, and national congress. These are our ours uh, three main publics. We work a lot with them. They they can do a lot, but in our uh, federal uh, system, in our federalism. Uh, The Ministry of Education have, has a lot of um, uh, responsibilities that are not being fulfilled. So, of course, this will delay our progress in education if Bolsonaro is re-elected. According to UNICEF's study, school closures during the pandemic made Brazil go back two decades in matters of school dropout. Since the beginning of the pandemic, many companies have leveraged their social initiatives with a focus on food stamps and donations to hospitals and medical centers, for example. Do you also foresee more initiatives to support education, as this area was also impacted during the pandemic? Uh, before the pandemic, 80% of all social investments Uh, from uh, private companies were to education. They, they were being uh, directed to education. Of course, now, uh, during the pandemic, and because pandemic is hitting very, very hard Brazil, uh, a lot of money is going to, uh, uh, to uh, feed the population, uh, to assure housing, to assure uh, um, some income to to these families. Uh, we are we are now having a situation in which uh, more than half of all families in Brazil they don't know if they will have something to eat, like in this week, in the next days. So we are facing a much different situation that we were facing in 2019. So, of course, uh, private companies are, are now helping much more these families in, the, like, in their short-term needs. They have to survive. They have to, they have to feed their children. And this is really, really important. 
But again, uh, the same way that the, the civil society in Brazil is, is strong, is resilient, private companies, they are, they are very, very much active here. And again, it's, it's different from other countries that private sector is much more apart from uh, like uh, the needs of the country. Uh, the private sector in Brazil, I think, and like from my experience, that is almost 20 years working in this in this area, and and uh, and, and changing informations uh, with other uh, organizations and countries. Uh, Brazil has a has a very strong private sector with a, with a vision. I think it's a very modern vision of how private sector can contribute and help the country as a whole, not only for their business. Based on the present situation and looking to the post-COVID scenario, what is your view about education in Brazil, let's say five to ten years from now? If I was uh, answering this two years ago, my answer would be completely different. But now, after the pandemic and, and also with this Uh, federal government. Uh, what we have now is a much worse uh, scenario than we had in the end of 2018 or 2019. So now we need to, uh, like, we have two main concerns and, main, and two main roads of work. First, we have to to uh, fix education in the short term. It's an, uh, it's an emergency, it's an emergency um, uh, effort. So Todos para Educação, we have like this plan to recovery education in the short term. This is an, an agenda for the next five years. In parallel, we have to also improve the uh, structural policies. We cannot wait five years to improve teachers' training. We cannot wait five years to have more children uh, study in seven hours, eight hours per, per day. Uh, I think everybody uh, needs to understand that here in Brazil, students, they study, they, go at, they, they, they stay at school uh, four to five uh, uh, hours per day. It's, it's very, very low. So we have to improve it to seven to eight hours per day. We have to improve early childhood uh, policies as well. So we have a very long, but very possible, because we were all already improving these areas before the pandemic, but we have a, an agenda of uh, structural uh, reforms. So what we will need to do, and that's what Todos Educação is working on right now, very, very hard with the governors, mayors, National Congress, and hoping that we will have another president so that we can also put together the federal government in this, uh, uh, in this effort, is an agenda of short-term emergency measures and a more long-term structural uh, reforms for education in order to improve and put Brazil's education in another level completely uh, another level and it is possible we have the technical knowledge to do this what we need is the political 
uh, commitment to the changes that we need to uh, advance. Priscila Cruz, many thanks for your views, your comments, and your opinions about education in Brazil. Thank you. I, I thank you very, very much. You've just listened to IC Brazil, a podcast that helps you better understand the largest Latin American economy. 